Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic. What makes the best leaders so good? Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Laredo, your host. And today's question is, is your organization talking to you leaders out there, is your organization a rules-based organization or is it a culture-driven organization? Pause. Let me let you think about that for a minute. Hmm, I don't know. Is it a rules-based or culture-based organization? And here's what I mean by that. Now, for me, in leading many organizations over many years, there were times where my organizations were one over the other. It's hard to have them be both. And here's what I'm talking about. I think about a company like McDonald's. McDonald's is a very rules-based organization. They have specific processes, instructions, rules for every single thing that is done, from how the bathrooms are cleaned to how the fries are made to how the kitchen is cleaned and everything, how their customers are uh, received and how they come in and how they're served and how their order is taken. The whole thing, everything is down and it's written down in books so that that process is repeated over and over again. And in reality, uh, that works great for a chain like McDonald's because they need to have that consistency all across the world. No matter what McDonald's you go in, you've got that similar experience. And a lot of franchises work that way. It's a rules-based type of environment simply because you can't have deviation. They figured out a formula that works. Great. Now let's do it. It's kind of like that recipe. Okay, I found that recipe that's perfect. You know, a recipe is just a simple rule sheet, right? It's here's how much you put in and what ingredient and you do this and you put the oven on for this amount of time. I mean, that's what a recipe is. So when you find that formula that works for some of these types of businesses that then franchise, yeah, it becomes a rules-based organization. But in many cases, those rules can really slow down growth and hamper performance. So what I'm talking about here, and I'll give you an example of this. Uh, rules tend in organizations to stifle creativity. They don't tend to allow people to uh, take risks or feel that they can take risks. They stop in some cases using their noggin and stop using their brain. Uh, in many cases, they stop uh, being enthused and inspired and motivated. And it ultimately slows down growth. And I've seen this many, many times. And there was periods of time where I ran organizations where I'm like, okay, well, we come up with a situation that we hadn't faced before and we had to make a decision about it. So it's like, all right, well, let's let's make a rule about this so that if this comes up again, we don't even have to make a decision about it. It's already done. It's in the rule book, so to speak. And it seemed actually like a pretty good concept. And in some situations, it could be. You know, I was in financial services, so you have compliance, compliance and regulation. Those are rules. Hey, you can't do this. You have to do this. But in in every part of an organization, to have rules 
dictating exactly how things should be done. Now, that is different than having a process or a system that's a repeatable process or system. You've heard me talk about the fact that you absolutely need that when you're doing something more than once. But rules, uh, too many rules, ultimately don't allow people to do the type of work that they really can do and want to do. And it prevents them from reaching their ultimate potential and an organization from reaching their ultimate potential. And I give you a great example. I was at a a really uh, top end hotel resort and uh, I was traveling. It was a a conference uh, and this was a very, very well-known resort. Uh, Again, very, very top end, beautiful, gorgeous place. Service was exceptional. And one of the things that was interesting as I was going, I was we were in one of these um, you know dinner events and whatnot, and there were stations of food and all that kind of stuff. And there was a carving station. This guy was carving you know big slabs of beef, and uh, there was a line going up to him. And you know I get up there and I get my beef, and I asked him, you know, hey, can you can you tell me where the bathroom is? And he literally like looked at me with this exasperated look, almost like a deer in headlights a little bit, and and sighed and said, sure, let, let me take you. And he put down his silverware, his, his carving knife. And now there's a big line behind me. And, I, and I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Just tell me where it is. He's like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll show you where it is. I'll, I'll walk you there. I'm like, no, seriously, dude, please don't do that. You got that, these people behind me that want this, this steak, please just stay here. Just tell me where it is. I'm more than capable. He's like, no, I have to take you there. It's, it's our policy. So uh, and I'm like, oh, I feel horrible. Everybody in the line's like, what the? <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. And he walked me, no joke, like all the way to the other side of the hotel. I mean, it was like not like right around the corner. It was literally all the way down this hallway and down another hallway. I'm like, dude, honestly, man, I, I feel horrible. And I really wish you didn't do this. He's like, you don't understand. This is part of our... Uh, policy. If somebody asks us where the bathroom is, we don't tell them. That's our well, well, uh, way of giving great service. We show them, we take them there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But in this situation, you then took 10 people that were in line behind me and gave them less service in an effort to try and give me better service, which I didn't even want. And it was simply because you were following a rule, right? And it was just something... Not his fault, right? And and not even the, the organization had great intentions with this. But there's a great example where rules get in the way of doing the right thing. This was clearly not the right decision. Ten people were negatively affected to supposedly positively impact one person, which it didn't. All it did was kind of embarrass me and make me feel bad. And, you know, I was the guy that, you know, and I'm like, it just, you know, so it kind of sucked. <laughs> So there's an example where rules can get in the way. He knew deep down inside that was not the right decision. He just felt he needed to do it. Now, I'll contrast that. There's a lot of organizations that do a great job of building the right culture so that their employees or their their associates feel like they're actually empowered to make the right decisions. You know, another great hotel hotel chain, Four Seasons. Um, What's interesting, that started, I think it was in Canada as a motel. And uh, they quickly realized, wow, this is just the service level that they took this motel to was just from another planet. And it just exploded into the top end uh, hotel and resort 
uh, chain that it is. And uh, it's interesting. They did a few things. One is they they taught their employees. They basically, they got them together and said, listen, you are empowered to make decisions. We want you to do things that are going to, you're going to try new things. You're each kind of, each hotel we're going to kind of look at as like a laboratory. So we want you to try new things. And if you find things that actually work, we want to know about it so that we can share it and spread it and make sure some of the other hotel locations do the same thing. But you don't have to feel like you're locked in this box. So, for example, if if you see that there is a, a, a wait at the front where the check-in is and everybody's trying to register, which happens a lot of times. You go to a conference or something, everybody's kind of flying at the same time. You got like, you know, half an hour, an hour, you're waiting in line to check in. Well, they're empowered to change the process even do whatever they need to do to alleviate that problem. They don't have to follow the process in as a T. If there's a way at that moment to expedite it and provide better service, they're allowed to do that. They're also encouraged to take risks and not worry about failure or anything like that. They actually, the CEO gave out uh, extended stay, I believe it was, uh, is, a, is owned by Four Seasons and the CEO of that organization uh, gave each employee when he started a get out of jail free card, which is really cool. And the concept was, listen, this is your get out of free card. I, I expect you to use it. And if you use it, I'll give you another one. Bottom line is I don't want you to worry about penalties for mistakes. The only way we are going to grow and get great is if we take risks and you take chances. And when you do that, yes, you will make mistakes and you will fail. If we're not failing and we're not making mistakes, we're not stretching stretching the envelope, we're not pushing the envelope, we're not taking chances, we're not thinking create, creatively, we're not really pushing ourselves to get to our potential. What a great way to set the right culture, right? So when you have an organization as a leader and you drive the right culture, what happens is it allows people to make better decisions. It allows people the freedom to really do what they're capable of doing. You know, I've seen so many people that I've worked with that, you know, if I if I gave them a, a kind of a playbook and said, hey, here, I just want you to execute this playbook. That's it. I've already come up with all the strategies and the tactics. I just want you to execute this playbook to a T. Don't deviate. Don't experiment. Don't take a risk. I just want you to execute this playbook to a T. What happens is I'm not, there's no way I'm going to get the best out of this person. First of all, no real A player is going to put themselves in that situation. They're not going to succumb to that. They're not going to, they're not going to feel good. Maybe they'll do it for a brief period of time, but eventually they're going to say, you know what? I'm not here just to execute a playbook. I want the ability to, to make decisions and to think and to lead and to reach my potential and push myself and fail and you know all that stuff, that's important. But I still see organizations do that a lot of times. I see that playbook mentality from even some great phenomenal organizations, not just the franchises. I see this in organizations all the time. And what it happens is that frustrates your A players, and then we're surprised when those A players go somewhere else. And oftentimes, they don't go somewhere else because they're being offered a better package or more money. Actually, they're going somewhere else because they're actually offered the ability to tap into more of their potential and their brain power. They have more empowerment. They have more autonomy and independence and flexibility. That's literally the only difference. I, I actually know many leaders that have made that move where it was either a lateral move income-wise or even in some cases less because they got more with that. Okay, When people feel 
that they're not growing and they're not making the impact that they truly can make, they will go somewhere else. No doubt. It's just a matter of when. At some point, that will eat at them enough and they'll say, I can do more. I can go farther. I can make a bigger impact. I just have to find the organization that allows me to really do what I'm capable of doing. That's like having a car that's, you know, 600 horsepower car, but you can only go on a 30 mile per hour road. That's not going to be much fun. And that's really not testing the limits. That's not doing, you might as well have a car that, you know, you might as well have a golf cart. I mean, it's like, it's not really that car is just, is too, there's too much capability in that car. It's on the wrong road. It needs to be on a racetrack. So your people oftentimes are like that too. Do you have your race cars driving on, you know, suburban, you know, development streets at 25 school zone streets. You know, if that's the case, it's just not going to work. Temporarily it will, but it's not. Think about that for a minute. You know, what is the organization that you are developing? Is it more of a rules-based culture or is it a, a rules-based environment or is it a culture-driven organization? Okay, there's a lot to driving the right culture, but when you do that, you have a set of principles and values and guidelines and core values that people ultimately understand, buy into, believe, are aligned with, and ultimately that's how they make decisions. They know what the vision is of the organization, and they know ultimately, and they're aligned in the right way, and they're empowered to make decisions, and ultimately they're making decisions that are in alignment with that. Now you run the risk as a leader of having variation and mistakes made and all that, but that type of organization, when there's a really strong culture and it's clear and it's well-defined and it's something that's really developed intentionally, sometimes there's cultures that come kind of accidentally, but with deliberate, you know, deliberate intention, here's the culture I'm looking to build. When you do it as a leader, you can almost step back and that's where you allow, that's, a, that's as a leader where you can, you can trust the fact that whether you're there or not, that, that the organization will run as well without you as it will with you. That's when you have a cultures-based organization. So we're going to talk more about this. I'm going to have other episodes where we talk about, okay, because I've got a lot of questions on that. How do you actually build a culture? Like what is what comes into that? What are the things you say? and do and the behaviors you reward and how, how does that actually work? I'm going to go through that. I'm going to take an episode that's specifically dedicated to how do you build a winning culture? I'm going to go through the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, uh, and give you some good stories to tie into that too. So with that said, um, I hope you didn't notice we had a little bit of a a battery malfunction. So in the middle of this, it went out. Uh, hopefully you're listening to it and saying, wow, I didn't even know because the production quality was so good. Uh, I didn't know that uh, Lurito screwed up like that. So in any event, I did. Um, so hope you uh, enjoyed today's episode. Hope this was helpful. Please message me. Let me know what you got from it. Maybe some takeaways as well as other challenges that you're having that I can help with. I'd love to do an episode. I won't even mention your name if you don't want me to. I will just do an episode on your situation or your case or your issue or challenge that you're having. I'll put some thoughts out there and uh, be happy to do that. Uh, go down below, review, uh, make sure you subscribe, like, share, all that kind of good stuff. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. 
Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.